when you talk about the journey, how did you foresee that journey evolving in the beginning? I saw it as, as this big, I saw it as a, a big open, I saw it a road. I saw a road heading off into the unknown. I didn't know where I was really going. Mm. I just knew that I had to go forward on this road. And it takes time for people to figure out things. You know, you need to have these experiences and go along that road in order to know who you are and in order to know where your gifts can be best served in the world. You're listening to Entrepreneur Journeys, where I share insights and strategies based on owning and managing businesses while traveling and living on three continents. I also interview business owners about their journey, what they learned along the way, and how that can help you with your business growth. For more resources to accelerate your entrepreneur journey, head over to gapologist.com, where I share resources, events, community, and more. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. With us today is Aveline Clark. She is the founder of Six Star Business and Journey Point. Welcome to the show, Aveline. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I'm glad our schedules worked out. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is. It's still a little bit. Oh, no, it's the sun is starting to come up here. So. Oh, <laughs> that's all. It's always a good day when the sun comes yeah, up. That's right. Where do you hail from today? So I'm in Australia. You can probably tell from the accent. And I live in a lovely town on the far east coast in the middle of Australia, uh, far east, halfway up and down. If you could just sort of get that picture middle of Australia, Far East Coast. Um, you might have heard of the Gold Coast. I live just south of the Gold Coast, near okay. Byron Bay, oh, I know reference. I know more about the east part of Australia's geography now than I have ever known. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, you know, on our podcast, we interview all kinds of business owners and from all kinds of businesses. One of the questions I'd love to ask is when you were younger in mm -hmm. elementary school or high school, whatever you might call it there, um, was there any indication that you would be a business owner? Oh, that's a great question, Joe. My, I grew up with my dad owning and running his own business. And he had an office, he was successful. He actually was an insurance broker. And I saw him go to clients a lot. He had a home office as well. But my parents split when I was 11 and my dad left. And so I guess my experience of that business mindset and model um, sh shifted because then my mum was a workaholic of three jobs as an employee, two jobs. Um, for throughout my teenage years. So I, I didn't so much think I'm definitely going to be like my dad, but I had the influence of my mum saying, well, you just need to go to university and get a good job. So I was influenced there, even though there was this imprint of the freedom and, and, and the creation that, that comes with owning a business. And I remember going to my dad's office as a kid 
And I loved how he'd set it up and I loved the people that came in and I loved to see his his office in the space and and how he had things on the wall and inspiring quotes and, you know, things like that to motivate him. And that that really, even to this day, I still remember seeing, I, I can see the, the, the dollar figure he had for his annual salary, uh, the, the turnover he was aiming for on the mm. wall. Mm. So that was inspiring. Did, at that point, did you think of it as goal setting or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that my dad was was goal setting. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think I, I remember asking him, what's that, dad? And I think he said, that's what that's what I'm aiming to to make in the business this year. Mm, OK. And so you did you go on to school and as your mom had suggested to get a job, go, get a degree, get yeah. a job. You did that. Yeah. You, you took that. Did route. All that. Yeah, I did. How'd yeah. that work out? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I started university, paused university, moved states, continued university. Um, I liked the experience of living and working with other people at the same time. So it took me a while to finish, but I did finish and I enjoyed learning. But then, yeah, life happened to me and I fell into into employment um, and I fell into employment in a big way straight out of university, moved to the big smoke in Sydney and managed to land a job with one of the largest commodity trading companies in the world whose Australian office was there in Sydney. And as a young person, I was pretty impressed that I got a salary that was far beyond anyone, all of my friends that were finishing university. Hmm. Well, that was nice. Yeah. So, um, so what happened then? So I, I guess I went on, I was young, um, early 20s, and the money was impressive, of course, but then I wanted a career, I wanted experience, and, and I, there was actually not a lot of career advancement in that, that company because mm. it was a very male-dominated, I have to say sexist industry, and women were either office managers, secretaries, or receptionists. Mm. So... Uh, even my boss acknowledged that and he said, I can't offer you a trading job. And he wanted to. So I had to leave uh, eventually because I wasn't going to there, there stay was, there. Yeah, there was no more upside. No, no more upside for me. Wow. And uh, so I left and, yeah, continued on the journey. seeking. I was seeking more meaning and more impact. And I knew that from the age of about 23, 20, 24, I think I was. And I knew I wanted to do more. Uh, I didn't know exactly what or where. There wasn't a desire at that point to get into my own business. Hmm. At that point, I was still, I knew that my, I had, I had skills. There's, there was an ego that was driving me um, and a degree of knowledge that I could do whatever I wanted to achieve, whatever I wanted. But I saw that pathway in as an employee because that's all I had in, around me at that point. Right. Now, you say more impact. Can we dive mm. into your definition of impact at that time? Mm. At that time, the impact was really on the people around me. But I also, it was the company I was working within. So, so I, yeah, it was that. Okay. You wanted to make more impact with the company where you were working. Yeah. Okay. On the people. It was always, it was all people generated, uh, based 
my degree was in human resources and I majored in organizational change and development. That really fascinated me, the people side of things. And I actually had then also an accounting side, finance and accounting side to my degree. So I, I enjoyed business, the whole business aspect of business, but the people side of business. So I wanted to go into that and I did, and I found another job and yeah, actually in a investment trading company for a little while, but then before I moved on to a big company in Australia called Australia Post. And that was uh, one of the pivotal roles of my career, I guess, that really helped form the basis of what I do today. Hmm. Uh, I, again, landed in a, a role as a consultant, so not an employee to begin with, uh, working for the man, a man who reported to the managing director. So in Australia Post, so it's the Australian Postal Corporation, the head office was there. We had a building of uh, 11 floor stories and we were on the top story and only there was only about eight employees on the whole floor hmm. because that's where the managing director was, his secretary, the company secretary, a couple of the big um, senior executives and my boss, because he was the head of human resources for execs and middle managers, and then me. And uh, we had, I had my own big plush office and I actually had a bathroom. Uh, it was just because of the way that the building was laid out and the rooms and everything that that's what I ended up working in, this beautiful plush office. And I knew it was temporary, but it was mine for a few years. Hmm. And I worked with a man who gave me a lot of creative autonomy and freedom and he he saw in me i think um a lot of potential but also the ability to create things he knew that i was a, a creator i like to do a project see it implemented and then and move on and he would sort of plant little seeds with me and say oh that we, we have this problem in the in the company what do, what do you think about that um do you think you could do something with that so it started with uh, creating a salary bonus process for all of their staff. And then it was training all of their, when I say staff, managers and execs, and then it was training them all. And then it was the next project was building an intranet, an online intranet for all the employees. And then the next pro pro project was something else. And then it was, you know, um, bringing in benefits to the salary bonus process. Um, what was it? where people could salary sacrifice and get a computer and mobile phones as part of their employment package. So there was all these projects that I would do. And as a result of that, I was always improving the experience for employees. And then I went on to a larger project to, you know, do things that would touch all of the employees. And the last big thing I did there for the last sort of 18 months, two years was I created a new employee experience for all of their employees that actually was all about how they were employed, how they felt, what their experience was. And I had a number of people that I was working, that I engaged to help create these elements. So I started with the, the journey, the journey of the employees. The journey of the employees. Yeah. What, what and, a great um, experience. And getting to work on all of those projects that were very different one from the other. Mm, they really were. Yeah, like I said, I had a lot of creative freedom and a man that really taught me a lot. And he always said, if I was ever there beyond five o'clock or 5.30, he's like, what are you doing? Mm. I said, what do you mean? I've just got to finish this thing. No, 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 no one's dying here. Go home. The work will be here tomorrow. 
it's one of the best things that I, I, I messages and lessons I ever got early in the career, um, which still, you know, it remains with me today. And that, know, we're not dealing yeah. with saving lives here. So right. go home. And that is so important for business owners and entrepreneurs because it's so yeah. easy to work until six, seven, eight, eight thirty, and then, yeah. you know, just yesterday. My wife and I, we, we worked and then it's, it's walking the dogs and then it's just sitting outside and chatting. We didn't have dinner till nine o'clock probably. And we worked until seven and we still get involved mm -hmm. with that sometimes. Some days, Mondays especially are like that. We're coming back from the weekend. We're all energized. We're ready to go. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it, you exactly. have to separate. It's so important, especially if you yeah. work from home. You have to, you have to separate your, your home life and your mm. business life. When when I first started working from home, and I started working from home, oh God, that was 35 years ago, I had different music playing in different rooms. So in my office, mm -hmm. I had one music mm -hmm. playing. It's more like jazz, instrumental. So I didn't get involved mm -hmm. with listening to the music too much. It's background. But when I walked into the other room, I had my rock music playing. And that helped me to separate yeah. the experience. Oh. What a great thing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm out of the office. There's my rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Love it. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so, okay. So you're working there. It's going great. You had these big, this big project, um, mm. but you didn't stay there. No. Uh, again, the ego and the desire to do more kicked in. And uh, someone I'd worked with there had moved on and then she'd reached out a few times trying to take me across to the National Australia Bank. It's one of Australia's big four banks. And I'd said no a couple of times and then finally a different role came along mm -hmm. and uh, it was right up my alley and, and uh, they got me over and it was managing their salary bonus process for all of their uh, employees worldwide because the National Australia Bank owns a number of other banks like in New Zealand and Europe and and so it would impact about 55,000 employees so I said yep I'll do that because wow. yeah. I did it at Australia Post and little did I know that uh, I actually took the role of two people and um, <laughs> so the bank saved some money and and got a sucker to come in and uh, and do that which I did that and then another role opened up. So I did the salary bonus for a year and then I was spent. It was pretty full on. Um, puts, you know, created a great process and a great experience for, for that. It, it went smoothly. But I needed, to, I wanted to create more rather than running a process or improving an existing process where people got paid. Um, and sure enough, there was a, a, the, the woman that I previously worked with at Australia Post was there and she said, Av, we're, we're creating a new role. Uh, it's brand new because the company has a problem. 25% uh, of new employees leave after 18 months. Wow. And if you think about the, the, um, the cost of that, it's huge. Yeah, sure. And, um, they, they couldn't actually even quantify it. They just knew it was costing them, you know, in the tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year because of the number of employees mm. that, that represented the cost of losing them, rehire, rehiring and retraining. And so they said, how about it? Um, what, what, you know, what do you think? 
And um, I jumped in because it was all about the journey. It was all about people. So there, therein started the next couple of years of the journey. And uh, I created really an, a benchmarked onboarding experience for employees at NAB. And that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work. It was very different to Australia Post because what I created at NAB was very, it was across, it was still across everything, but it was more intensive. It was more inclusive. It looked at technology, single sign-on. It looked at learning and development training programs. Mm. It looked at, you know, design, um, everything, you know, depending on where you were in the company and located in in Australia, um, you got different sort of training or learning at certain points. There was metrics set up, there was check-ins, there was all these kinds of things. And um, yeah, I achieved that. And obviously, you know, we we know what corporate world is like. There's a lot of red tape. There's also a lot of, you know, it's, it's a very power hungry, sometimes cutthroat, sometimes difficult place to um, work in. Mm. And in order for me to achieve what I did, I, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people's feathers were ruffled because a lot of people don't like change. Don't like change. Nope. No, no. And- here's, here's the quote, right? <laughs> change is good. You go first. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was, I was yelled at, I was screamed at, I was blamed, I was uh, ignored, put down. There was, and this was coming from very senior people at all walks of this company, because what I was doing was impacting their patch or territory. Hmm. So I got to see what human nature is like when, you know, people are very controlling or attached to their little piece of turf yes and unless something was going to make them look good they didn't want to buy of it and uh they actually didn't care about the greater good they didn't care about what we were trying to achieve they just cared about their little patch so it was a a big learning experience for me it it was uh tough but i did it and at the end i you know and, and we even had you know some data and metrics to to accompany everything um, for, for a number of months. And I just went, well, I don't need to stay to, to continue to watch the data improve. I, I've It's done, it's implemented and everyone, it's going well. Um, I was, I managed to get, get my bonus that year. So of course they have a bonus process. And the way NAB works is when you're employed, you've got your base salary and then they give you a, a maximum percentage bonus mm. and you can earn up to that percent. And that's made up, broken down into certain components as in some of it's based on KPIs and some of it's based on some other things. And that year they, and they don't actually give a full 10% to anybody because it's graded and weighted across the organization. And this is because remember I ran the process the year, two years prior. So I knew exactly how the mm. bonus system worked. I knew who got paid what. I knew all of this. And so my at my level, 10% was standard. In fact, some people got had a maximum of less than 10%. Mm. Um, that year, the, the CEO actually said, Aveline is getting 10%. She's getting a full bonus. And he actually personally congratulated me and thanked me for what I'd done. And he said... These words, 
He said, you've changed the game at NAB. Hmm. And that meant the world to me because it felt like I'd achieved what I set out to achieve, but I did it for not the bank's profitability. I did it for the people. Right. I did it for them to have a better experience. And once I'd achieved it, there was no point me staying. There was a career pathway for me. People were saying there's a, there's a you know corporate executive role near the CEO that's you know yours if you want it in the next 12 months. And I just went, ugh, I need to go. I need to go on my own. And uh, I, I was done. I was done with the, the corporate game, so to speak, hmm. um, because I think at that point, knowing that I'd impacted that many people, I realised that it was a very limited view, um, only working within, staying within one company for that period of time um, or for the rest of my life. I wasn't going to do it. Right. And I like change. I like innovation. So that was it. I sought out a way to leave and I I actually bought a, a kind of a franchise, but I actually set up a business to do HR coaching mm -hmm. and I moved states. I left, uh, took my daughter with me and then started my entrepreneur journey, not knowing really what I was doing. <laughs> but you had a general idea. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners find themselves at a different place today than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And, and that's normal. You start out and you, you figure out who you are, what you want to do, and where you can have the most impact. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. And today you have a business called Six Star Business. Is that correct? It is. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little about that. Okay. And I, and I want to link back to what you just said about, you know, entrepreneurs, we're on a journey. So this is like your, the name of your podcast and what it's all about is about the journey. And I just want to highlight for me, I didn't know what I know today. I didn't know what I didn't know. I just knew at the start of my entrepreneur journey that I had to be on the journey. And hmm. I do see this with others as well who are entrepreneurs. They start out and they are searching. So when you talk about the journey, how did you foresee that journey evolving in the beginning? I saw it as as this big I saw it as a, a big open 
I saw a road. I saw a road heading off into the unknown. I didn't know where I was really going. Mm. I just knew that I had to go forward on this road. And it takes time for people to figure out things. You know, you need to have these experiences and go along that road in order to know who you are and in order to know where your gifts can be best served in the Mm. world. So it took me some time. And then with Six Star Journey, the Six Star Journey that I've had, the Six Star Business that I've created, it's a podcast. We published a book. There is a community and it's really beautiful how it's evolved. And it came about two years ago with this, first of all, with a podcast with Mm. a friend of mine at the time. And we decided to set up a podcast it was like one of those, hey, that'd be a good idea. That would be good, a great name for a podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's 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 give that a go. Let's do it. And crazy enough, we did. And um, about eight months later, he left. He he, and um, it was all on me. Hmm. So I, yeah, it was a bit of a shock at the time. It was difficult because it was like, hang on, I've got this concept. We've got this podcast and, and a community we're growing. And all of a sudden it was up to me uh, to, to drive it. But I've got my other business and, you know, um, I'm a mum as well. Like we've said, you know, I need a balance of, of my life and sure. work and my kids. And um, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And it was just the people that were around me who continually showed up and continually said, you know, they wanted to keep connecting and they, they kind of, they wanted it. Like there was momentum. And I thought, well, it's not, I, I don't want to pull myself out of that momentum just because I want to break or because I'm scared. So it was quite challenging because I had to face some fears and I had to face, hmm. um, make some decisions. And yes, it was tough for a while. And last year I saw it as a year of experimentation and trying things out. But all along, I've continued with the podcast, continue having these amazing conversations with people and, you know, really delving into what it means to be a six-star business. And I have to say now, after talking with about 200 people, you know, two years of this, uh, it's very, the concept is quite different to when we started the podcast initially. And um, for those that are thinking, oh, well, it must be about reviews, right? It's not, it's not about reviews. Uh, you know, we, we know what five-star means, you know, we think of five-star hotels and mm-hmm. five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, et, et cetera. And it's not about that. It has nothing it's to actually, do with reviews. <laughs> no, it's got nothing to do with reviews. Yeah. yeah. The way that you determine or perceive a six-star business is up to you. Of course, you know, you could reach five-star. What does that mean to you? Well, what is, what does six-star mean? And everyone's got their own kind of version of what it means and it really comes down to these this this human aspect the the person the heart element the how we bring purpose love and impact into our businesses and into the world and really it's an expression of everything that I've ever done funnily enough and I'm still creating journeys and the the six star business now is really a journey that I invite others to come on to explore um, that that the process and, and all their, the elements of what six star is. So yeah. so explore their own journey and exactly. And Aveline, I love how you said you you didn't know where the journey was going. You didn't know where the road was going, but you felt you needed to be on the journey. 
Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's um, there's something about that. It's hard to put my. It's it's hard to put it into words, but it's an adventure. Mm. It's it's uh needing to do something, but not sure exactly what. But knowing that this road or this this path will get me there, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have yeah. to pivot along the way, right? <laughs> Exactly. And that's definitely happened, right? Mm. And it has been a journey of of evolution. And Six Star was born out of like this crazy conversation one day of, you know, what would Six Star look like? Hey, that's a good name for a podcast. And here we are. Here I am two years later. So, yeah. Mm. And building the community, building up the podcast, uh, talking yeah. with people, interviewing business owners and yeah, yeah. all part of the journey. Exactly. That's that's awesome. But, so yeah. are there specific steps? Say, I want to have a six star business. Would you right. would you then show me a roadmap or something like that? Yeah, I, I can. We have a, a, a genius model. You've seen the genius model with three circles. Um and I was I was looking at this the other day and it's evolved. We've workshopped this, we've we've done mm. sessions on this as a as a group, we've done live workshops. I was in London last year. We we I met up with a, a bunch of the our community members there and we worked on this. And we have there's three circles, and at the center of that is purpose, people, and impact. And then you've got at the intersection of those three circles. And notice I'm not talking about the functions of a business, right? Mm. So we're not, I'm not giving a roadmap of, you know, here's the nine steps or the seven steps to getting your business to um, six star. In fact, one thing that's come out of our conversations is that six star is an ongoing journey. It's like, it's like your purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a personal purpose and you may not ever reach that, but you're always aspiring to reach that. And that's kind of what six stars like. It's it's an ongoing search or, or or a reach for that. And the reason we never reach it is is because we're not perfect, and we're always evolving. Right. And we can't control the outside elements around us. We can only control how we react to everything. So at the center, like I said, it's peer purpose, people, and impact. And I'll just read out the nine elements I've got around the outside. So within purpose, we have mindset, we have community, we have collaboration. For people, we have culture, psych, safety, and well-being. And the circle of impact, we, we have supply chain, customer journey, and sustainability. Hmm. And the third circle is the one where the rubber hits the road in terms of the um, how the, the elements of our business, you know, like customer journey, you think about what comes into that. And that could be everything from marketing to, you know, all the things that, you know, it's, build, that's um, a big area in, just in itself. That's huge. a big area. It's massive. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's really huge. And then you've got the supply chain, which is all the, the chain of, of everything. And even a solopreneur, even a small business has a supply chain, you know, where, you, you you probably do some outsourcing or people do things for you and you know where you get your materials from or your your inputs from and your resources and um and then there's the sustainability and that comes into the sustainability of your business right right not necessarily the the, the environment so what i was looking at the other day i was looking at the circle and i realized that the two of the circles the purpose and people 
are all focused on the individual, the human. And the third circle impact was on the business. Hmm. So these two circles are all around people. So it's us and the people that work with us. And these are all the um, aspects of being six star that often, often don't get talked about. You know, what does it mean to be in community? What does community actually really mean? Well, it means to commune. It means to group come together. Why do we do that? Well, to feel safe, to feel loved, to have people that care about us, support us, you know, there's all of that. And that's, so it's, it's very, that's a very different aspect than me talking about having a business plan and, you know, all all those, those mechanical things of a business. So we're not prescribing how to set up your business at all. It's actually the next level, right? It's, it's that next level of being in your business. Right. Yeah. When I was running a restaurant and I had 42 employees at the end of the year, I had 120 W-2s and W-2 is a tax form. So we had, we had hired 80 people who weren't there anymore and we had 42. And my objective was to create culture in that Mm -hmm. restaurant, to create a culture of people working together in that community and it was very fixed community almost like a family and to create experiences for our guests but the focus was on community and that could change through throughout the seasons it was a seasonal um, tourist location also so it was it was very interesting and i got a little pushback i got a little pushback from the owners i was managing the restaurant and and you know it's about culture now well now it's all about culture there i've left over 10 years ago but now it's all about culture community and family (laughs) it's that's right people exactly our our society has kind of shifted a lot and we're becoming far more consciously aware of the the need for connection and i think even the last three years Mm -hmm. has, has definitely you know created a lot of shift in our perception of what we need as humans and how we connect and relate to each other yeah, it's very interesting. You know, and I think COVID was a catalyst for mm. the change. It just speeded mm. things up, it seems. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So apart from the six-star business, which I find absolutely fascinating that two-thirds of your mm. of your circles there, if we, we had three circles, two of them are regarding people. Mm. And then yeah. just the third one is is the operations, maybe, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're taking it from a very a very high level, let's say. Would yes. you would you look at it that way? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's almost. So I was I had a guest, and she mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. And she was talking about that and that the top level, the self-actualization level. And then she was talking about it in terms of her business and what she was, you know, her niche. But then I got thinking about it and I thought, you know, I wonder maybe I, I, if I looked at that, if I was to apply Maslow's hierarchy to a business, what we're doing is, is, is providing that self-actualization level to the, 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 the triangle, the, the, the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy. If you think about the structure of, of you know, a business being in all those different levels, probably that one and the next one down. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely something to that almost sounds like a podcast or a very long newsletter um, comparing those two. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it's something we don't we don't think about a lot as business owners, I, I believe it's because it's it's all about working on your business mm. and not in your business. And and you have to work mm. in your business, especially if you're mm. a solopreneur, or you're just starting out. But you have yeah. to work on your business, too, and, and on yourself. It's a, because you're mm. evolving, you're changing, the market is changing, your people are changing, your clients are changing, your technology is changing. That's exactly right. And our businesses are expressions of us, especially, you know, certainly solopreneurs, small businesses. I mean, all businesses start somewhere at the beginning with one person and they're expressions of us. And we are part of nature. Hmm. Guess what? We're always evolving. Yes. So our businesses need to evolve. The markets evolve. People change, like you just said. And I think... For me, starting when I went, first of all, into uh, working for myself all those years ago, I saw the business as a mechanical thing that was separate to me. Mm. So it was like, right, what's the mechanic? How is this business thing structured, this box, if we want to look at it that way? Let's let's build a, a new little dollhouse or, a, you know, and that's separate to me. Okay, I need to run it this way. and But I've completely changed that mindset, that model, and today it's i realized that i have to be evolving innovation is actually within myself as well as my business and i've got to do that because i need to serve the needs of the people around me and the market around me right yeah that that is profound yeah and if if you're listening here you might want to rewind and and listen to that again that that is that's deep as we say here, that's deep. That's really deep. Uh, I do that occasionally. Yes, I mean, this is the, it's, but this is the space I'm in. I mean, these are the, and the people around me. This is how we talk, and these are the things that we get into. And it is deep, and yet it's just so fulfilling. And it's lovely when you have, I guess, an, a, the ability to connect with other people and see that ah, there is another way to be more impactful and purposeful in my business. I w I'm not alone thinking this way, um, you know, turning up to networking groups or business groups and people are just doing business and, and they have a place, you know, networking groups and business groups absolutely have a place, but you don't often find your tribe there mm. um, unless you just want to stay in that space, you know, but for those that do want to realise that, this is a journey you are going to evolve and you want to bring your true gifts to the world and you want to actually make more of an impact. And when I say impact, it doesn't need to be on the world. It doesn't need to be on your country. It could just be on the people around you or the customers you serve or your family, but it's about figuring out where that, what, what's meaningful for you and, and being open to the journey. Yes. I, and, you know, it's it's when you're talking about that, I get this idea of designing a business, designing mm -hmm. your business so that it fulfills you. Yeah, and absolutely. I used to ask people, what is the purpose of business? Mm -hmm. And the answers I got, this was years ago. Oh, my gosh, I haven't mm -hmm. thought of this in years. The answers I got was to make a profit. 
And I said, no, that's not the purpose of business because there are many businesses that don't make a profit. I have a friend. He's very successful. He bought his wife an art studio. It cost him about $3,000 a month to keep his wife in that store <laughs> selling art. What's the purpose of that business? So hmm. I've, I, I kind of discovered that the purpose of business is for the pleasure of the owner. Yeah. And if the owner's pleasure is making the most profit possible, then profit is there. If the pleasure of the owner is having something to do and making an impact, then and he gets pleasure from that, then that's fantastic. Yeah. When the business, yeah, when I the business it. owner stops stops getting pleasure, whatever that might be, from profit to people to impact to community wellness, whatever it might be. Mm when they stop getting pleasure from that, their business is basically over. Yes. Th then they have a job. They've worked themselves yeah. into a job. Yeah, exactly. And I love the way you put that, Joe. And, you know, some, some people do just want to make money and, and make a profit. That's great. Okay. Uh, you know, and for those others that want to make more of an impact or they want to have more meaning, what we what we invite people to, to be to, to explore is what gives them meaning. Mm. And that, like you just said, you know, that's that to the pleasure of the business owner. And that could be impacting a whole niche of, of an industry or a community or, you know, fill in the blanks. It, it could but be finding that. Go yeah. ahead. Finding. Yeah, it, it could be any of that, but you just got to figure find out what that is and ensure you then serve the needs of that of that market or that niche or that group with right. your with your service or product. Yeah, it it could be anything, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's just giving back, you know. Yeah. And, and I have a business, I have a podcast, I you know, but I also repair bicycles. And give bicycles to underprivileged children and adults, adults who need a bicycle to get to work. And that is a way of giving back. And that gives me great pleasure. I could spend that time working on my business, getting more clients, but there's a way to make an impact in something outside mm -hmm. of my business and in an interest that I have outside. And it gives me great pleasure. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So, yeah. Aveline, we have arrived. At the, <laughs> a drum roll, please. The lightning round. I've got a number of questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. How has your entrepreneurial journey transformed you? Oh, wow. It has, I've, I've, I have to say I've grown up as a human and become more responsible, more hmm. accountable, more conscious. Okay. And what most surprised you as a business owner? Um, the the people that were in that were that I met that were entrepreneurs. They weren't all like me. <laughs> oh, that's strange. <laughs> okay. Question number three: What unexpected challenge have you had to overcome? Um, uh, probably quite a lot. Probably people, uh, people, other people again. So it's uh, other people operating in a way that was contrary to my values when I assumed at the time that they were 
of the same on the same level and i hadn't you know done the initial i guess due diligence on that person or set the boundaries of the, of the relationship and yeah they operated alternatively that actually was quite damaging mm. Mm. interesting hmm. that's a whole that mm. sounds like a whole conversation right there <laughs> question number four what book has made a big impact on you and who would you recommend it to? Okay. Well, there's two um, because this came up in a six-star conversation just recently. So the most recent one over the last 12 months is a book called The One Thing. You may have heard of that. I know that. I have it, that book. It, great, great yes. book um, yes. for an overachiever like me, someone who <laughs> does a lot, has a lot on their plate, uh, women who run businesses we are so good at juggling and when i read that book it busted through so many of my beliefs and i i initially ref, like was against them and i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna be open to this and i have to say he's right that's all i'm gonna say he's right and it's changed the way that i've i've done things the other book is one that i've had for 20 years and that's called the four agreements oh yeah so um, by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, I would recommend either or both to every business owner. This one's about values and principles, mm -hmm. just human human relationships, and the other one is about just focusing on the one thing, and that's all about time and energy management. Yes, I, I, and I love both books. They, they've had an impact on me also. Um, yeah, in fact, I, I've got... You know, I've got it right there up, up top on my in my office here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Fifth and last question. What yeah. advice would you give to an inspiring entrepreneur in your industry? In my industry? Okay. I would say know yourself. Hmm. So do spend the time to get to know who you really are. And that often requires being in mirror with other people because often we don't know who we really are or what challenges us or what, what our dark spots are, our weaknesses are until we're actually in relationship with others. But understand who you are, your values and your purpose. Figure out your purpose and what brings you meaning, what brings you joy, why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you can't answer that, you will flounder and you won't that 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 pathway, you know that that road ahead. You can't see that you're on the road ahead, and then you'll end up being um, pushed about by the winds. Uh, yes, you know, yes, like a sailboat without a rudder. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great! I love that, Aveline. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, experience, and expertise with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Joe. It's been a pleasure. I mean, and very fun and enjoyable chatting to you. Thank you. Well, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Journeys. Remember to subscribe so you catch all the episodes and check out the show notes for any free giveaways or gifts that were mentioned during this show. Entrepreneur Journeys is brought to you by Apexable, providing the insights, tools, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. 
I'm your show host, Joe Matz, and until next time, I hope your journey is filled with breathtaking views and successful outcomes.